It's about how this week has felt like, right? Uh, so if you're here this morning, welcome to First Baptist Church Dillion. Um, if you're new here, this is your first time here, uh, I just want to welcome you. I'm, my name is Ryan. I'm the, our youth and children's pastor here. And uh, what a pleasure it is just to be here and, and be able to bring the message and the word of God this morning to you um, while our pastor Daniel is out on mission. So um, if this is your first time, please don't let this be your last. Don't judge it based on me. Please come back. There is someone much greater, much better than I. Uh, at this, and so um, I think you'll have much pleasant, more uh, much pleasant experience next week. Maybe not, but but uh, if you're in youth, um, or if you have youth, you might be aware that we've been in a series called Difference Makers. Um, difference Maker. We've been talking about um, how we can be difference makers together. And um, if you if you don't have youth, that's okay. Uh, we're going to be walking through that this week, just to kind of give you a little glimpse of what we've been doing in youth, and just felt led to share this with the body of Christ in the church. And so we've been in this series, and last week we talked about, or the last couple of weeks, we've talked about how we should let conviction, not comfort, drive our decision-making, right? It's when, um, when we let comfort drive our, drive our decisions, we're just not very effective, um, especially not for, um, not for Christ, right? We're not accomplishing all that we could for Christ. And so uh, we have to overcome being, we have to overcome uncomfortable situations, uh, to pursue making a difference for Christ. And so working in student ministry um, is just very uncomfortable at times, especially working with your kids, right? You get put in awkward situations, uncomfortable situations, uh, sometimes great, sometimes not so great. Um, and while many of these stories aren't appropriate to share from the pulpit, uh, I actually reached out to a lot of my youth pastor friends and was like, hey, um, can y'all send me some uncomfortable or awkward or diff like difficult situations that you've been placed in um, in youth ministry to help illustrate some of these points. And so I thought to open this morning, I would share some of, some of that feedback that I gathered. And some of this is from my own experience, some of it's from friends, um, and so I just want to share those with you, but I'm not going to name names, right? Uh, which you probably don't know any of these people anyway. So recently, um, these are some of the responses I got, uh, and this is, these are some, there's a really funny, it says, I was at a baseball game with with our group at a Rangers game, and I happened to be sitting by one of our girls in the group at the time as I was moving around, talking kind of with everyone in the group, um, just socializing. Sure enough, the kiss cam came on the big screen, right? And of course, needless to say, they put us on the screen, and it was really awkward. No, they did not kiss, I will tell you that. Okay, everybody's looking at me like, maybe that wasn't as funny as I thought, but as I was writing it, but wasn't their fault, right? Um, there's another one that says, uh, while we were playing a game on Wednesday night, we had to tell the funniest dad jokes. Now, all the jokes he gave the students were scripted, and so some of them were good, some of them were bad, and he said, and he encouraged the, the crowd to cheer or, and clap or to boo based on the joke, right? And uh, it was to help set up an illustration for his message following. And so the, the first guy, he gets up there and he kills his joke and everybody claps and cheers and, and it was really good, right? But following him, the next girl gets up on stage and she stumbles through a joke and it wasn't really that good and the crowd starts booing her, right? And she runs off the stage crying, saying, I'm never coming back, right? It feels terrible, right? It must be awkward. Uh, some other ones were really good. It says, uh, last summer while we were cleaning up trash, or one summer while we were cleaning up trash as a mission project, or for a mission project, we were cleaning up trash around high school campuses, and uh, we had these little trash grabber things, right? 
and we were walking around picking up trash and using those, and, and I walked over to, over to a group of students, and I meant to say, if you see any cigarette buds, pick them up, right? But what came out of my mouth instead was, if you see any butts, grab them. <laughs> and uh, so this year, while we're doing trash cleanup on Wednesday night, uh, everyone keeps saying, make sure you grab them butts, right? <laughs> yes, they all remembered from this summer. Um, and another funny one was uh, one time I sat down next to a student on a mission trip. I was just going to let out a fart just to be funny, and I had an accident, right? I won't say that word from the pulpit. It's okay, but he had an accident, right? Um, could you imagine being in their shoes, right? Uncomfortable, kind of awkward, right, uh, situations. And, and while a lot of those are funny, uh, for many of us in the church, uh, when it comes to church, there are many, there can be many different levels of discomfort for all of us, right? Uh, for some of you, you might be here because your whole family comes to church, or maybe because all your friends come to church, uh, and so you're here, but you really don't connect with the Jesus thing, right? And there's, it's kind of difficult for you. Maybe for others of you, you really have a desire to connect with Jesus, but maybe you feel like you don't really fit in here, right? Or to any certain group, or uh, this is definitely me when I was 19 years old. <laughs> I had a lot of people in my life influencing me towards Christ, but I did not grow up in a Christian home at all. And I remember for nine months, they were inviting me, you should come to church with us, you know, them, their friends, their family, and I was like, no, no, no. And then I did, and it was like the most awkward and uncomfortable thing ever, right? Being 19 years old, knowing how my life was and being in church, it was just uncomfortable, right? And that might be you today, I don't know. For some of us, that's believers, right? We just aren't perfect outside, but sometimes we come in here and we feel like we have to be, right? And it's difficult, it's uncomfortable. Uh, for others of you, maybe students, you're here because your parents make you, right? Every time, you're, you're, that's the only reason you're here. You'd much rather be at home watching TV, playing Xbox, hanging out with your friends, or this morning sleeping in, right? Uh, adults, you're not alone. On, like, uh, it's not just them that are, that are here because they have to be. You might be here because your kid wants to go to the trampoline park with us today. And uh, for you to have a few hours of free time without your kids, you had to be here to sign, out, sign a waiver, right? So this might be your first time here. And, and, that's, and there's many other things you'd rather be doing at home Rather than being, and that's okay, but we're really glad you're here, right? There's awkwardness, there's discomfort. And uh, for most of us in this room, we're here every week, right? You're here week after week after week, except, and we're pretty comfortable until we get asked to do something, right? Maybe we're scared to teach or to pray. I know there's a lot of us in here that's like, man, that was me. Like, I don't know what to say getting up here preaching. Daniel's like, he's going to be gone. Like, the world is ending, right? Um, what am I going to say for 45 minutes to an hour? How can I compete with that? And uh, everybody's assured me we're getting out of here at 1130, right? Um, I don't know. But, but uh, Daniel preaches a long time. I'm like, what am I going to say? Right? And for many of you, you feel the same way, and that's difficult. Maybe it's, it's really hard to come here and be open and honest and be yourself about what's going on in life because the world around us, you know, we feel like we have to be perfect, right? Or especially that's what social media teaches us. Our life is great. Uh, the church, we should be perfect. It's not like we're sinful, broken people that need help, right? And that's difficult. Um, maybe you just have a hard time giving. You're afraid, man, that lottery, that plate's going to come by, and I'm just, oh, you know. Um, or maybe there's, for us, many of us, the, that expectation to lead, to do more, to give more of our time, um, or, or our resources can be uncomfortable and awkward at times. So we all have to overcome awkwardness or overcome situ uncomfortable situations to pursue making a difference for Christ. 
So what if church could be better, right? How could it be different, or how would it be different if this were really a place to where you could, be, you could come and connect with God personally, on a personal level, which you can, but also find a community of people who know you deeply and love you unconditionally, right? For who you are, as you are. Um, so many of us are searching for that type of connection, right? We want that, we're longing and we're desperate to find that type of connection, but except we look for it in all the wrong places, uh, rather than the body of Christ. And so the truth is this morning, whether this is your first time here um, and you don't really know anybody, or maybe you've been coming for a long time um, and you're still trying to find your fit, right? Whether it's with a group of people or maybe it's in a place to serve or how you can serve because you're scared, know this, I'm glad you're here this morning, right? I'm glad that you've taken a chance to be here and made sacrifices to be here this morning. And I realize that there's a risk of awkwardness here, uh, but you've chosen to be, there, be here this morning, and for that I'm really grateful. Um, and I believe wholeheartedly that in order to be difference makers that God has called us to, we need, we all need a community of believers, of people who love us for who we are, who are supporting us in all things and challenging us along the way, right? And I believe that that place is the church, that that place is the church. And so today we're going to find out why we need one another and how we can be difference makers together. And so if you'll open your Bibles with me, we're going to be in Romans chapter 12. If you don't have your Bible, that's okay, it's on the screen. We're going to be walking through this passage that Paul is talking about, and we're going to kind of find some truths to discover how we can be difference makers together. And so Romans chapter 12, verse 4, it says this. It says, Now, as we have many parts in one body, all the parts do not have the same function. And in the same way, we who are many are one body in Christ, and individually members of one another. According to the grace given to us, we have different gifts. If prophecy, use it according to the proportion of one's faith. If service, use it in service. If teaching, in teaching. If exhorting, in exhortation. Giving with generosity. Leading with diligence. Showing mercy with cheerfulness. Let love be without hypocrisy. Detest evil. Cling to what is good. Love one another deeply as brothers and sisters. Outdo one another in showing honor, and do not lack diligence in zeal, but be fervent in the Spirit and serve the Lord. All right, man, this is a great text. This is, there's so much here that the Apostle Paul is writing, and if, if you don't know um, this section or this text, he's really just, Romans is really good. It's like the Bible in one book, so I would encourage you to read it, but there's a lot here in this text. There's a lot in Romans chapter 12 that we're going to be looking at, but I, he's really Paul is just encouraging people in the same way I'm encouraging you today, right? or hopefully encouraging you, to live for Jesus. And what does that look like? That's a broad thing to say, right? But his, his entire message is this, right? You matter, and you have a place in the body of Christ, right? What an encouraging word that is. Um, I think that sometimes we forget this. I know I did, especially in coming to the Lord at 19 years old, um, we forget that we have a place in the body of Christ, right? We matter to God. Sometimes we forget this because of our sin, right? All throughout Scripture, we see, even from the very beginning, that sin separates, right? Sin separates us from God and from others, and it hinders a lot of things. And because of our sin, we often feel awkward in the house of God, right? We don't feel like we belong to this group of people or in church um, or really belong in a relationship with God himself, Right? And so we distance ourselves. Uh, and Paul is reminding us here, just in opening, like, 
that that's just not true, right? That you matter, you have a place in the body of Christ, and you have a position on his team, right? Nobody wants to be riding the bench full-time. And I know sometimes, um, and so it's a great reminder, right, that we all have, I'm not going to get into that, that might be a sore subject for some people. But uh, <laughs> so today, I want to explore four truths from, from these things, uh, from these verses that really emphasize this main idea that Paul is, is telling us. And so the first one is this, it's on the screen, that we belong to one another. We all belong to one another, right? What Paul's communicating to the church here is that we're connected. In verse 4, he opens it and he says, now as, may, as there are many parts in one body, right? This is a great illustration. He's comparing the church to the human body. Um, and he's making the point that we all matter to each other because we're all connected to one another. And in verse 5, I think I have that one on the screen, it says, in the same way, we who are many uh, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. This idea of belonging together is great, especially in, in reference to the human body, because every single person in here has a human body, right? We all have that. We can understand that. We can all relate. However, the issue is, oftentimes we, don't, we, don't, we forget this, right? We don't really function as one. Right? We function in a lot of different entities uh, in separate ways. Right? We don't function, we don't see ourselves as one body, one family, one team, one community. Right? We just kind of do our own things within the church sometimes. Uh, sometimes we can look differently. Um, or there's, anyways, I'm, I'm not going to get into all that, but we really operate independently from one another. Um, and oftentimes there's quarreling and fighting amongst one another, especially over petty things, right? This last week, I actually had to address some students about fighting. Um, it was really kind of funny, but, but what was sad was this group of students, some of them were students that are here every week, right? Week after week after week. Uh, and then some of them were actually new, new people, right? And this is kind of funny because, I mean, it's not funny. It's a terrible thing, right? They're like, you're picking a fight with the new people. It was horrible, right? Hopefully, um, uh, but, and, it, and everything was fine, but it was really, as we talked with the students, that we really figured out it was very silly what we're arguing over. Um, and there was a lot of people involved that didn't even need to be involved, but we kind of involved ourselves. And, and it's just kind of interesting, right? Um, and adults don't think this is just students, right? I know that there's, there's just drama when you're younger, right? And you kind of move out of that, but sometimes we don't right? Uh, adults, we get mad at people for taking our seats in church. And this morning, there's lots of seats, but uh, I know that there's people in times where we're like, no, that's our seat. And we, we even ask them to move, and they don't even know any better, right? And it's kind of awkward for them. I don't know. I know I've been in that place before. Um, or maybe how you dress. I remember one time, I, I remember coming to church and somebody talking to me about how I dressed. Or, uh, bringing a friend with me one time, and they were like, you need to cut your hair and shave. It was really... And we've been, anyways, there's a lot of ways. And, and sometimes we just, we get upset with one another, right? We can, um, through gossip or through prayer requests, right? We, we're, um, we can be hurt by someone and we talk about it. But oftentimes, you know, we're not perfect people and that's okay, right? Um, but oftentimes we're hurt by people in the church. And so, and it's really sad. Or maybe we get mad at Daniel or maybe we get mad at Ryan, me. And, and so... Our solution is, with, whether we've been hurt by someone or what, something, what someone said or maybe something that was preached from the pulpit, um, instead of practicing forgiveness and love and all these things that, that we're striving for and seeing ourselves as one, one body, one family, one team, right, one church, uh, we, we remove ourselves from the church, right? 
we remove ourselves from the community and maybe even eventually our relationship from God. And um, if it's not us, we just, we don't make our kids go, right? If it's not us remove ourselves, we'll just say, oh yeah, well you don't have to go, that's okay. None of your friends go, or you don't like Ryan, or you don't like Megan, or maybe you don't like your small group leader, you'd rather have Craig than Ryan, right? I know Craig's pretty awesome, but she was my small group leader. Um, anyways, right, like, we just remove ourselves, or we say, oh yeah, you don't have to go, and that's our solution to the problem, but it's not, right? And with that in mind, think about your body, right? Think about the body that Paul's talking about here. He says, if, uh, if your hand were not connected to your own body, sorry, he doesn't say, but it's like, think about your hand and think about the body. If your hand weren't connected, how healthy would your hand be if it were unattached, right? Would it be healthy? Would it survive? No, 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 you can, you can respond here. I'm sorry. Um, anyways, no, it wouldn't, be, it wouldn't be healthy, right? Would it be effective on its own? No, this isn't, uh, what was that, the hand from the, what was that movie growing up? Sorry. Adam's Family. I don't even know if that's appropriate or not because that was so long ago. But I remember seeing a TV show growing up and there was that little hand crawling around. I'm like, what five-year-old kid wants to see a chopped off hand running around, right? I don't know, but uh, this isn't, no, the hand does not work that way. It would not be healthy and it would not be effective, right? Especially on, for what, how it was created to be, right? This is not how it was created or designed, right? In the same way, God created us to be connected to one another, right? In order to be healthy and effective. Um, if your struggle is here today is that you don't feel connected or loved with anyone here, uh, let me be the one to tell you that, that the reason that that feels wrong is because according to our text, um, it is wrong, right? It is wrong. God's design for the church is that we would have a sense of belonging, right? That, um, and that you are loved and that you have a place, and ultimately that we are one, right? We belong to one another. See, we have one gospel, one savior, one church, and we should be one people, right? But oftentimes we don't operate that way. So let's, re- let's go on. So not only do we belong to one another, um, our second truth that we see here is, um, sorry, I, I skipped ahead. Um, there is a problem with belonging, but know that God did not design the church to operate that way, Right? And with his help, with all of us pursuing Christ together, right, it can be better for all of us here. There's a place for, for you in the body of Christ. Right? God's word says that. And I'm really glad you're here um, because according to God's word, you belong here. See, we all belong to one another. Right? So the second truth is this. Um, we, we each bring something unique. Right, let's move on. So in, Paul, in verse 4, he says this, um, that all parts don't have the same function. They do not all have the same function. And in verse 6, I believe it's on the screen, it says, according to the grace given us, we all have different gifts. Right, so we've already established that we all belong here, but it definitely doesn't just stop there. Right, like, great job on being here. Thank you all for being here every week. But guess what? Uh, it doesn't just stop there, right? See, the thing is, we all have different gifts, and we all bring something unique. And God wants to use that in a very special way. While, while many of us all have, like, we've all been created thinking about the body, every person has common characteristics, right? We all have hair on our head. We all have feet, two feet. Uh, some of you may not. I, if you have a third foot, please let me see that. I want to I wanna know. But uh, everybody has a belly button, right? 
If not, you probably weren't created. I don't know. But um, we all here were made with common characteristics. But actually, but, uh, while all of us share common things, God wired each of us with different gifts, different talents, and different abilities. Right? Um, to benefit the rest of the body. And that's a good thing, right? Well, uh, for example, Daniel definitely has, any, in, in, if you look at the text, he goes on and talks about all these spiritual gifts, and there's a ton of them there. But God has given us all unique gifts and abilities. For instance, Daniel definitely has the gift of preaching and teaching. And man, I can tell you, I, from just this past week, I'm so glad that he has those gifts, right? And that he's here, uh, because I'm glad that I don't have to to, to preach week in and week out. Now, I do to students, but I couldn't imagine writing like 10-page paper three times a week, right? <laughs> Wednesday morning, or Wednesday night, Sunday morning, Sunday night. It's a big responsibility, and I'm really glad that he's passionate about that, that uh, he's definitely equipped and has the ability to do that. Um, and so I'm so thankful that he's here to, to lead our church in that, in that because um, I'm not the most confident in that. And um, Aren't, just aren't as passionate, right? It's, it's part of my job, and I love that, but that I get to share the Word of God with people, but I'm really glad Daniel's here, right? That's not necessarily my natural skill set, right? Um, if you know me, or at least what a lot of people say about me, God has given me different gifts, and, and while we complement one another in our leadership here of the church, right, uh, a lot of people tell me that I have the gift of encouragement. And I know I can, I'm not always encouraging, uh, but at least a lot of people do say that about me. And uh, in planning things, working alongside Daniel, I'm the guy that's definitely like gung-ho about everything. I'm really positive. Everything's going to be great. And as, I, as I'm talking with Daniel about these ideas that I have, um, Daniel's like the complete opposite, right? He really helps me be wise in all these decisions or these ideas that I have, right? By telling me all the bad things that could happen, right? He's definitely not encouraging at all. Uh, Mark, Mark Beatty, I think, called him the wet blanket one time. And I'm like, that's so true. He like, puts out all this fire that I have for Jesus, right? Uh, by just shooting down all my ideas. Um, not really, but, but we compliment one another, right? I'm very encouraging, um, and we're here for, for a purpose, right? And hopefully I'm encouraging you all and your, and your kids to live lives for Jesus, right? Uh, but by bringing my gifts here, um, even though we're, we're, we're made similarly, we're all better as a church as we contribute um, all of us together, working as one, right? Uh, there's many other gifts there. Um, all of us have, other people might have gifts of mercy or hospitality, um, such as my wife Megan, right? And we really need, um, and a lot of you here have those as well, right? But we need all the gifts, all people to contribute their gifts and talents and abilities so that we can be a warm, loving church. Um, while I know I might be encouraging at times, I can be pretty merciless, right? Um, I'm not very sympathetic. Just in thinking about thinking through discipline, I'm usually like, this might have been how I raised. I don't really know how God designed me. But, but for me, I'm like, man up, take responsibility, act right, or just go home, right? Like, I don't want to deal with you. Um, and I don't want y'all to have to deal with, like, crazy kids. And so uh, that's, that's sometimes my approach sometimes. I, can, I, I don't really have sympathy for you. Um, I'm just like, you know how to behave. You know right and wrong. And if you can't do that, then then leave. And that's not a great picture of the church, right? Man, I'm so glad I have people like Megan or people like you all who can come alongside me and be like, there's love and there's grace and mercy and kindness and be compassionate and empathetic for people because I'm just not sometimes. And uh, I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry that, you know, I try to try to relate, but I can't, right? But I'm glad we have people like my wife and many of you here to really come alongside us, right? Because it wouldn't be a great picture if it was just like God's 
you know, God's arm of justice on this on one side, you know, bringing justice to all, throwing that dynamite out there that Daniel was talking about, and not really being redemptive. Um, and, and so, uh, let me explain it to you this way: the gifts on the screen is a picture of a score of music. How many of you play band or play any instruments in here? You can raise your hands. That's okay. No, I, I know nothing about band or music, but someone sent me this. I thought it was really good. I know a little bit. I took a piano class in college. You laugh at me, I know. But uh, it was actually great. And uh, this is actually like a conductor sheet. And actually, each score of music or each line of music represents different instruments um, that, that, each play, that each person plays, right? Um, and they play different parts at different times. So, could you imagine if the entire orchestra was all the same instrument, right? How boring would it all be if, like, everybody was, like, the trombone? I don't know. Uh, maybe not. Sorry if you play the trombone. I don't know. But uh, it was, I was a trombone player. Um, I don't know. It wouldn't be that great, right? Or if um, th- what makes the symphony great is when you have many different pieces coming together, right? Could you imagine if all of us were, were not just fighting for the same part of the same instrument, we wanted to play that that specific line or that specific role, right? Or if we, if we said, I don't want to play that role, I'm going to play this, and we're supposed to be playing in harmony with one another, but yet we're trying to all do our own thing, right? We're fighting over a role or a position, or maybe we're playing at the wrong time. It just would sound terrible, wouldn't it, if we're all fighting and not actually playing according to as the conductor is leading us, right? Um, it's kind of how the church is, right? What makes the symphony so amazing is that everyone plays different parts together in harmony, and that's really how God has called us to live as the church, as one body, as one people, as one team, one family, everyone using their gifts individually so that corporately we're better together by living in harmony and being difference makers to the world around us. Right? This is such an amazing truth that, that each of you br- bring your unique gift and talent and ability, and we're all better because you're here serving, right? So um, with that, we're going to move on. Our next truth that we see in the text is that we affect one another. Uh, We affect one another. And again, because we're all members of one body, right, we affect one another. I love this illustration of the body because it's so easy to understand, right? And it's very practical, right? In order to feel a sense of belonging that we all long for, we must understand that everybody here has their other's best interests, right? We have each other's back. Those people in your small group or your Sunday school class, that they understand if something's happening in your life, they're there for you, and you know that, right? Um, And what Paul's saying here is that because we're members of one another, we should be quick to feel each other's pain. Whenever you stub your toe, you don't you're, you're not immediately thinking about how great, if you're me and you've been sick and you got the snuffles and you can't really breathe and you're coughing, you're not like, man, I can breathe great right now. No, you're not thinking about that when you stub your toe and catch your pinky on the bed frame or the door frame. That's the worst, right? You're like, I think I just broke my pinky and it's hanging out sideways. He's like, no, 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 all your attention is there. You're not thinking about how great you can breathe at the moment. Um, <laughs> all your attention goes to your toe, and that's how the body was made to react when it's inflicted with the pain, right? Um, we all, when one of us hurts, we all hurt together, right? I never realized uh, as, as, uh, as I'm getting older, right, I've, I've developed this lower back pain or just back pain in general, and, and uh, I've never realized how much your back really affects the rest of your body, how it can affect 
many different things, and I won't get into all the symptoms and things that I'm experiencing, but it's just crazy to think that like your, your back affects many different parts, and I, I didn't realize how connected it, it really was, and so um, the same should be for the body of Christ, right? If you're connected, when one body part hurts, when one of us hurt, we all hurt, right? We all feel it, and that's when the whole body can come together, and we should be supporting one another encouraging one another, bearing one another's burdens, right? That's what it means to be the body. And in the same way, if you isolate yourself, if you cut yourself off and you distance yourself because of whatever reason, or maybe we're here but we're not really open about our lives when we are here, right? How can we really expect people to surround us and support us and encourage us in those times? If all we feel is kind of awkward at times or it's uncomfortable, we've got to move past the the uncomfortableness, right? So remember, you guys all, you, we all have a responsibility to remain connected to the body of Christ. And isn't life together much better than life alone? So we've said that we belong, together, we belong to one another. Uh, we each bring our unique gifts and talents. And we also affect one another. But our last truth is this that I want to say, is that we're at our best when we give our lives away. Right, we're at our best when we're giving our lives away. We see this in verse 10. It's on the screen, or you, you see it in your Bibles. And all throughout the Scripture, we see this. But he says this. Paul says, Love one another deeply as brothers and sisters. Outdo one another in showing honor. And do not like diligence and zeal. Do not like diligence and zeal, but be fervent in the Spirit and serve the Lord. Right, I think these verses really speak for themselves, but the reality is that when we serve we're better for it. Our, our, everyone is better for it, right? Our community, our church, the world is better for it as you're using your gifts that God has given you to contribute to the church and the world around you, right? And all throughout Scripture, we read about serving, um, especially here we found two of the, of the hundred plus one another's. Did you know that there's like over a hundred one another's? It's crazy. And here we find two just really compact. It says, love one another deeply, as brothers and sisters, and this is kind of a cool one, outdo one another in, uh, in showing honor, right? What's crazy is we can't even come close to touching this, this list of 100 plus one another's if we're, if we're all not contributing and working together as one in Christ, right? Especially we're not going to fulfill the great commission. We're not, we can't even touch the, the 100 one another's, much less the great commission, if we're not working together as one. I recently sent this, uh, this quote to all of our small group leaders um, recently, and I, I want to share it with you. I wish I had it on the screen, but I don't. But, but I'm going to read it to you, but it's talking about fulfilling the Great Commission. And he makes a really strong point, a really strong argument here, and it's kind of really cool but convicting. He says this. He says, um, With everything in me, I believe that Jesus Christ is the hope of the world, and I believe the church is his plan for accomplishing God's purposes on earth. And it's breathtaking to ponder the possibility that God, that the Great Commission could be completed in this generation. Right? Isn't that cool that we could reach all people with the good news of Jesus Christ in our generation today? That's what he's saying. He's making this argument. He says, we have unprecedented opportunity, technology, cooperation, and resources. Never before has the church been so poised for global impact today. However, the Great Commission cannot be fulfilled by human ingenuity or innovative thinking alone. This God-sized task will only be completed by spirit-filled, spiritually healthy churches 
working together as one. Right? We need everyone to play our part. Isn't that crazy that we have all the opportunity, the technology, the cooperation? And, and I, I, I kind of believe them, right? Like we have so much access. So easy can you be in another country in less than halfway across the world or around the world in less than 24 hours, right? I can communicate, not even knowing a language. I can translate something and communicate with somebody in a foreign country instantly, right? Maybe with a few minutes of Google Translate. Uh, but we can communicate with people. We can reach people everywhere. It's kind of crazy to think about. We have so much opportunity, yet the Great Commission is not going to be fulfilled if we don't have spirit-filled, spiritually healthy churches. And, and that's really us, right? That's the people of God working together as one uh, to, com- to fulfill God's calling and God's plan. See, there's, so- there's something here about investing your time and energy into God's design, right? Into God's people, into, into his church, into his mission, right? That makes you a better person. But if you refuse to serve or use your gifts, not only are you missing out, but the world is too, right? The world's missing out on Jesus because we all have something to give, right? And contribute. And, God, and we're at our best when, when we're giving our lives away. Uh, one of my favorite passages on this, on just serving, is um, giving our lives away, is... Uh, is when James and John come up to Jesus, or maybe their mom, which depending on where you're reading. Um, so both them and their mom approach Jesus because they want to be the greatest in heaven, right? And they're like, Lord, we want to sit at your right. They want to be Jesus' right-hand man, right? They want to be the greatest. And this is Jesus' response to them in Matthew 20. He says, whoever wants to be great among you must be your servant, right? And whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, Right? God did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. Right? We're all called to give our lives away just as Jesus did. Right? For the kingdom of God, for the mission of God, and for the world around you. We're at our best when we give our lives away. So hopefully this morning you've been encouraged a little bit. Um, and trust me, if it's awkward or it's uncomfortable at times, I definitely feel your pain. I'm up here now preaching a sermon, right? In place of Daniel, right? Things can be awkward, and, and I know that I'm for you, the church is for you, and we're all for you, right? And we're all glad that you're here, and thank you for being brave and stepping out and showing up here this morning, um, risking the uncomfortableness. But if you're here, I want to encourage you today to keep coming, right? To stay committed, whether it's to the church, to, to, to God himself, right? You need to stay committed to him. You need to stay connected to him every day. It's not just one time a week, right? It's not good enough that you're here, but God has something better for you. He has a plan and a purpose for you, and he wants to do great things in and through your life. So I want to encourage you, keep coming, stay connected to him, and stay committed to the church, his bride, right, and to his mission. All right, take that next step. I don't, whatever that looks like, I want to encourage you to take the next step in serving the church or serving those around you, whatever that looks like. All right? And so I'm going to ask Rocky and Martha to come and play and lead us in our invitation. And I want to encourage you today, um, if that's, if that's uh, stepping out on faith, stepping out in the uncomfortableness of walking down here, uh, I want to ask you to be bold and come put your faith. If you haven't put your faith in Jesus Christ, please come down here. Let's talk about that and let's pray. Um, and I want to encourage you, put your faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Um, maybe, it's, maybe you don't have a church home, right? Maybe this is your first time. Maybe you've been here for a while. Uh, but I want to encourage you, put your faith in his plan, in God's plan, 
um, and his purpose for the church and for the body that, and, uh, of us believers here today. All right, so if you haven't joined a church or if you don't have a church home, I want to encourage you, come down here. Uh, we'd love to welcome you into our body of believers, into our family, onto our team, right, because we all have a purpose. And so um, as they come and play, I want to invite you to come become the difference makers that God wants you to be and that God has called you to be. Let us pray. Dear Lord, just thank you so much for this day. Uh, we thank you for the encouraging word, the words of Paul, and just how um, you have a plan that, that we matter to you, God. That's so encouraging, Lord, and that you have a purpose and a place for us here in your family, here in your church, and, and on your team, God. And so, Lord, I pray that we would all be able to move through the awkwardness or the uncomfortableness and the difficult situations uh, and just be able to commit our lives more to you, Lord, whatever that looks like, however you call us. So, Lord, give us the faith and give us the boldness to, to commit ourselves more to you this week and just give us opportunities to carry that out and be faithful in honoring you. It's in Christ Jesus' name I pray. Amen.